and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our Real Housewives of New Jersey reunion mini-sode. I'm here, as ever, with my trusty sidekick, Regan. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, weird to be seeing you twice in one weekend, but it's nice. I like this. I know. We've been thrown as well because there's been time changes and we're an hour out and forward and back and all of that, but we are here ready to do this. And we are a little delayed on this, mostly because I only got around to watching it finally. Sorry. That's all right. So how's how's your couple of days been since I last spoke to you? Yeah, it's been all right. I uh, did a grocery shop today. I went to Costco super early, so I didn't have to queue. Got in, got out. As I was leaving, there was a massive queue. So I figured I also should hit the Costco liquor store next door. And so then I had to walk through a massive queue of people holding a giant handle of vodka (laughs) (laughs) at like 1030 this morning. So the necessities, the necessities of staying indoors. But no, we're we're good. We're on the we're in the stage in the lockdown now where you can only shop when it's absolutely necessary. So like, you know, we. I tend to try and go once every week or 10 days and get the hot as much as we need. And if we run out of something, then unless it's deathly necessary, we wait it out until the week. Um, But when I was there the last time doing my big shop, somebody was there buying four sausage rolls. And Mm. I was like, "Eh, really necessary. (laughs) And then Jimmy was like, you're being a dick. And maybe that's all that they could afford for the whole week to eat. I was like, well, and he's like, you just can't judge. That's true. So I felt like a prick. Um, (laughs) So now the lesson from that is don't be a dick. There you go. It's kind of all of our family mantras. No, we're on the exact same rotation. Like I I just do the shop once a week and, you know, we we can. Because I feel like if I try to go any longer than that, things are going to go bad. Yeah. And also it means I'm buying more. And so I kind of feel like if I just slowly, steadily buy things rather than like hoarding a bunch of bullshit like everybody else's, then um, I'm doing all right. So, well, I mean, that would just be great if everybody did that, right? Yeah. If everybody just went out, did their usual weekly shop, and then went home, then we wouldn't all be fucking wiping our asses with last week's newspaper. No. No, if Which, you even get the newspaper anymore. Yeah, we do. Well, I mean, we don't buy the newspaper because yeah. we read it on the iPad. But essentially, um, my mum is still sending me new roll from Devon as and when we need it. That's amazing. <laughs> also dry pasta. Yeah, I, I, I will have to say I did buy like they sell this big six pack of like six packs of pasta at Costco. And I noticed it was low and I was like, I'm going to go ahead and get that. Because then I just won't never have, I won't have to buy another one again. Yeah. I mean, it's weird now that they're doing the kind of the letting a certain amount of people into store and all the rest of it. Right. All the shelves are stocked except for pasta. That's still the one thing that we're really struggling to get. But new roll now you can get again, but pasta is still on the black market. Yeah. I'm, I'm finding myself baking every day. Like I'm making muffins in the morning. Like I'm June fucking Cleaver, like every morning of this thing. And I don't know why. And I don't know if it's just because everybody's around (laughs) or I'm just trying to like use up ingredients that I bought. Like I got a big bag of flour and like things like that, but (laughs) it's a very weird place for me to be. I don't even know who you are anymore. I don't, I don't either. I'm baking and I'm crafting. My mom would be so proud. Having said that, I, I baked this morning, kind of. I mean, (laughs) I got frozen croissants out of the freezer and baked them in the oven. And I made them from like pastry into 
croissant. So that I feel is baking. That counts a hundred percent. I'm fucking taking it. Um, anyway, we are here to do Real Housewives in New Jersey. Let's tie these crazy bitches up at the end of a crazy season. Three episodes of the reunion. Here we go. I feel like I'm kind of going to miss these girls just because I am struggling so much with Atlanta that I'm going to be missing them. But, you know, we've got Potomac starting back up. So I think in New York starting back up. So I think we'll get some more crazy invested people back into our lives. Yeah, I think a lot of what Atlanta, I think Atlanta has been responsible for kind of making me question the franchise, the housewife franchise as a whole, because it's been so terrible. But the New Jersey girls have been great. And we do have like Potomac is one of the lesser known ones but still one of my favorites. Uh, Absolutely. Um, So to know that that's coming back in New York, although we won't have Bethany Frankel, we've we've got some some new faces coming in. Yeah. Who knows if Kate Chastain's going to make some sort of friendly debut. Um, But yeah, Atlanta's got a lot to to answer for, frankly. But um, I did enjoy this one of New Jersey and... uh, I think a lot of it had to do with kind of the Teresa Joe thing. Um, but also, you know, Jen, I think Jen this season came back completely like an, I didn't recognize her. No, I mean, I think in looks, obviously, like she got a lot of work done in between the two seasons. And I think we see this transition between like when someone joins for one season and then comes back in the next, they're a lot different than they were the first time. Like now they have a glam squad and they wear different clothes. And like, obviously she got a lot of work done because now like you're seeing yourself on TV, which is never kind, but like her attitude is just shitty. And I felt this way all season. I really tried to give her the benefit of the doubt a lot, kind of like Dolores. Like, she's coming from a good place. She's just being misunderstood, like, trying to find her place in this group. But this reunion, man, I wanted to punch her in the throat. It was too much. Me too. Well, well, and right off the bat, one of the first things that Andy brings up and discusses is, of course, Melissa's shall we, shan't we have another baby storyline. And Jen comes in really hot and like there's lots of other issues that I expected Jen to be hot over like you know the the feuds between certain people or whatever right but this was like out of left field and I just thought where is all this anger for this whole storyline from Jen coming from she was accusing Melissa of faking it for a storyline essentially right which I don't I mean I never got that impression that it was fake I think it's a real struggle when you Presumably, you know, presumably it's a real struggle when you hit 40 and your kids are older and you're really kind of trying to look at the rest of your life and decide what to do. And I felt it very relatable. I don't understand why Jen was saying like she should have gone through it when we saw her come to the decision that she wasn't going to like, I felt like that, that whole arc had a natural ending and it was fine, but Jen was not having it. She called it fake and... Yeah, I mean, I guess if I was to play devil's avocado, I would say that in some ways, I don't think there was ever a chance that they were actually going to have the baby. But I do think it was a necessary journey for them to go on emotionally just to get to that point. So, you know, maybe that's what Jen's trying to say in a really sort of ass backwards way. Then, you know, she's got a point. But she just is so fucking mean. She's mean to everyone. She's interrupting everybody. Nobody can get like a sentence out. 
I mean, even Andy called her on it. Yeah, I think it's because she got skinny, you know? Like, I think yeah. when people... I, I, And I'm not saying that all skinny people are bitches by any means, but I think if you go through, like, a certain period of your life desperately wanting something and feeling quite insecure or, or you know, yeah. I think it lends you a sense of generosity to to other people sometimes. And then it's like she now has got everything she ever wanted and she looks in the mirror and she thinks she looks badass, which, you know, she does. yeah. But it's kind of ruined her on the inside a bit. Well, and I wonder if there's some sort of thing about like when you have surgery and you have it kind of like it's all gone, like not like gastric band where you still have to work to lose the weight or anything like that. I mean, hers were it was just like lipoed off. So like, you know, she went in and then came out. It was gone. And I wonder if that kind of fucks with your head a little bit. Like, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely know. I think, you know, if there's an element of working really, excuse me, an element of working really hard for something. Yeah. Then... Again, it's grateful. a journey, but it's like, yeah. you know what? It's a sense of entitlement. Like she just wanted it, so she got it. I wanted to be skinny, so I got skinny. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's like, and now I deserve to get everything else I want. A house in the Hamptons and big parties right. for my kids and blah, 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 blah. And I just, it's it it does seem to have kind of poisoned her soul a little bit. And, yeah. and never was that more obvious than in this reunion. No, I totally agree. I just, yeah. Um. We also learned a lot. Well, we also got a little bit more insight about insight about Dolores and David and Frank and that like thruple thing that's going on. Yeah. Well, and Frank is also dating like a really young chick too, which we heard about. But he's not allowed to bring her over, and he has a curfew. And David's currently living with Frank and Dolores in Dolores's house. Until he moves into that house. Right, which she is not going to move into him. She is not going to move into the new house until there is a commitment, and she doesn't even really want the commitment anymore. So I think this may be the end of Dolores and David, Um, which I give her, like, I'm really proud of her for kind of coming to this, like, on her own. Like, a lot of people have been talking to her about it, but I really feel like this was her decision. I also really liked how she kind of let down the little veil the veil a little bit about the relationship with David when she kind of started talking about her irritation, how he wouldn't show up to things. Yeah. And she said, you know, I, I asked for so little when I ask you to show up to a place, I really want you there. And he just never did. And I think that weighed on her a lot more post season than what we saw during the season. Well, and I think it's, again, going back to, I, you know, I don't want to overuse the word journey because it makes yeah. me want to smack myself in the face. But <laughs> like, I feel like it's an emotional journey for her as well to get through to that point where she has to realize, actually, now I'm done waiting. Like, I yeah. gave it. And, and we're talking years. Like, they've been together right. two or three years now. So she's given it enough time. And I think it's just now, okay, well, you had your chance. And emotionally now I'm switched off. So yeah. Um, so obviously they asked the question that everybody's been uh, asking, will Frank and Dolores ever get together? Both of them are pretty emphatic about the no. no. Yeah. Um, and then there was the question of whether they'd ever had like a slip up. That felt less. A slip in. A slip in. <laughs> that felt less emphatic, to yeah, be honest. I felt like that was a very like shaded, clouded answer. And obviously Frank doesn't want to say anything that Dolores is going to object to. So he's just like, I, I, I can't. <laughs> he's like, whatever she said, whatever she said yeah, is true. I'm just going to go along with that. I think they're really cute, but you know, they could be one of those couples that just shouldn't be together, you know, like they're cute and they have banter, but I think maybe the pressure of actually having a relationship would probably break that. Yeah. And they have a kid involved, you know, there's a lot couple to kids, about. Yeah. And they work, it works really well as it is. Like, Absolutely. if it isn't broken, why fix it? Right. Um, 
throughout the whole uh, reunion, there was real antagonism between Jen and Margaret. Yes. Jennifer and Margaret. And especially, nor- and never more so than when Jen starts to talk about Margaret and being a mum. Yeah. And I call bullshit on her saying that she meant that sarcastically. Because when they showed the clip, it it was not like a genuine, or maybe, no, like scratch that. She was being 100% sarcastic in the clip. She did mean it to be a dig. She was being an asshole. And then like now she's backpedaling and be like, no, I just was making a statement that I didn't know you as a mom. I think the worst thing you can do to people is mom judge. Like you just need to shut the fuck up about that. Yeah. And because everybody has their own story and everybody has their own version of motherhood. And you know, they, the girls say it a lot. The kids are off limits. And I think talking about somebody as a mother implicitly is is including the kids. And I just think that that's wrong. And everybody mothers differently for different reasons. And also, it's a real trigger point because it's such a fucking sensitive issue. Good Lord, yes. Well, and especially, I mean, I think this is something Jen doesn't understand, that like Marge became a parent to grown kids. You know, I mean, they were older. Like, I think the youngest one was like eight and the oldest was 16 when she became their their stepmom and she really raised them, which I think is amazing to do with kids who, you know, are, are your stepkids and making them feel welcome. And they had another kid as well. Her and Jan had a son together after that. And I think Jen doesn't know what it's like to raise kind of grown up kids. Cause like all of her kids, most of her kids are quite young. And so yes, they bother her all the time, but like, it's a different, it's a different beast when you're raising older kids from what I've heard and I well, don't know. and also, I don't I feel like Jen. Shit. I don't feel like Jennifer really respects Margaret's role as a mother in terms of those stepkids. I just no. feel like Jen dismisses it as not really mothering or not quite yeah. the same thing. And 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 I think that that's really short sighted and just an just another in, indication of how narrow minded Jennifer and judgmental Jennifer can be. Yeah. Um, but. You know, the whole thing, I think, just comes down to this sort of raging, jealous insecurity that Jen constantly feels. Well, I mean, we heard that even when, you know, when she and Melissa were kind of going at each other about, like, Melissa's quote-unquote fake-ass storyline, how, like, she was too self-involved to be a mom. Like, Jen is all about mom-shaming, and I'm not down with that. No. No, it's just wrong, wrong, wrong. Yeah. Um. What else? Oh, we uh, also found out that Jen's Instagram is totally fake. Insta sham. Insta sham. And everyone was like, oh, well, mine's real. Like, I post what I'm really doing. Just everything about her drives me insane. I'm, I'm not oh, a Oh, and how she never brags about wearing Chanel. <laughs> or anything. Oh, she's oh. just ridiculous. She really, really is. Um... We got a little bit more information about Jackie and her dad and that conversation that happened as well, because at the time we were like, I think it was spread over two episodes, wasn't it? And the first episode was really, really shocking. The second episode, we got to figure out a little bit more. And, And Jackie says, I think what we thought at the time, which was what wasn't made clear to us in that first episode was that he didn't have any idea how she'd got from being so heavy to being so thin. So he was like, that was great. And, right, and it right. was only afterwards that he realized. And I think she impresses me more and more. I love her. I love everything she kind of stands up for. I think she's a great, 
person to talk about eating disorders because, you know, she brings up the fact that like on her, what, like, one of the, her like lowest moments was her wedding day. And then everybody talked about seeing the pictures and how emaciated she was. And, and she was like, you know, everybody used to ask, well, how could Evan let that happen? She was like, you greatly like kind of don't know how strong people with eating disorders are about hiding their shit. Yeah. Like they're all about control. They're going to control the narrative on how like their story comes out. Like they've got that shit locked down. Like nobody was going to talk to her about her eating disorder. And I really liked that she put that out there because I think that's a, I think a lot of people who are close to people with eating disorders feel that guilt about like, why didn't they see it? Or once they hear about it kind of go back and mentally catalog all the things that maybe they missed. And it's just like, well, if they don't want you to see it, you're not going to see it. No. And with hindsight, red flags are really, really obvious, but at the time, you know, it's very hard when you're in it to kind of collate all that stuff logically. And so when you right. look back on it, you can go, of course, like, how did I not see that? But th- they go out of their way to make sure that you don't see that. So Absolutely. Um, I, I agree. I think her highlighting this discussion on this platform is really, really important. Um, and I think um, I, I'm with you. I really love the way that she handles situations. I love that she isn't a doormat, but at the same time isn't a bully. Right. Um I love the way, you know, her kid's party is my kid's party. 100%. Um, And I hope she stays. Like, I really hope that she sticks around for the next season. So we'll have to see. I think she will. I mean, I think she's a, I think she's a favorite. I think she's very well balanced within the group as well. I mean, we see, you know, her and Dolores really get a lot closer towards the end of the season. They really kind of take the time. I think she's the type of person that really takes the time to make real relationships. We see her make up with Teresa this season. I mean, you know, my vote would be to keep Jackie and, take Jen off because I think Jen's just gone out of her way to be obnoxious to everybody. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree in I mean, terms she'll of be who on, I like, but, but she's great TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. But I mean, Jennifer, I think is going to be here to stay, but we do get slightly less of a sort of obnoxious Jennifer, especially when she was talking about her family and right. the kind of, <sighs> give me another word other than fucking journey. Uh, and the shit that they went through this season. <laughs> the westernization of the thinking of her mom, <laughs> the coming yeah, around yeah, yeah. to like modern day values about homosexuality and just kind of the way things are done. And um, I, th- I thought that was actually a really nice thing to see with Jen and her family. I really appreciate kind of the time Jennifer takes with her mom and, you know, kind of the understanding that she comes at it as well. Um, I think it's really easy. And I think we probably are even guilty of it, of kind of, you know, saying she didn't do enough in the beginning. But I think when she talks about it at the reunion, it's just like, there just needed to be a little bit of time. And like, we just had to work through that with her. And now she's at a great spot and she's inviting him over and inviting his friends over and really trying to make more of an effort to be a part of uh, her son Stephen's life. Yeah, I think that's the thing that we find a lot in kind of day-to-day life as well. I think there's a lot of liberals, there's a lot of people who are really quick to judge people who are less liberal for kind of not getting it. And, right. And, and, and I get that. Like, it would be great if we could all be accepting and tolerant. Um, but I think there has to be some recognition that it's not that simple. Like these, no. you know, Jennifer's mum comes from a different time, a different world, like a, a different, different country, a different yeah. culture, a different a different decade, you know, a different generation. And so to expect her to be on exactly the same page at exactly the same time is 
isn't feasible. And and we're asking, you know, that they're asking her to undo a lot of thinking and a lot right. of learning. And that takes time. Um, and I think she should be actually really applauded for getting to that point with her son. Sure, she could have got there earlier. That would have been wonderful. But the fact she, that she got there at all. Absolutely. I was just about to say, she could have never done that. Yeah. Like they could have all just let her be and she would have never kind of been a little bit pushed. Like I think gentle pushing is okay towards new ideas, but like not cutting people off if they don't immediately agree with your beliefs. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I do think Jen handled that really well. I like the way that she didn't challenge her mom in front of her daughter. She waited until her daughter was away to challenge right. her about it privately. And, you know, and even Margaret would say, you know, I Absolutely. really I really appreciate it. I really impressed with the way that you handled that, Jen. So I think all in all, that's been a great season. I think that's been a great element of her season. Um, I just wish that we could see more of that, Jennifer. Yeah. With the girls. Yeah, I... Like, not the interrupting cow. Like, I mean, because right now, I couldn't now, get who's, over it. Who's friends with her? Obviously, Melissa absolutely isn't. Margaret isn't. Yeah. Jackie, uh, Dolores didn't seem impressed, but doesn't seem to have cut all ties. And Teresa just stayed very quiet. Doesn't seem yeah. like anybody was really there on, on no. Jennifer's side. No. And I feel like she may end up falling in the trap of just being the person that pisses everybody off. Because I think with Teresa, it's not a friendship. It's like a minion follower, like a a follower friendship. Like she's just there to make her laugh, but there's nothing real invested. So, Well, and they say that, don't they, as well. They accuse, sort of Jennifer accused everybody of tiptoeing around Teresa. And in fact, everybody's like, hang on a minute. The only person that that tiptoes around is her. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Teresa, um, we also here on the reunion that it is definite they are they are separated her and joe they're moving towards a divorce um and interestingly enough we hear everybody in the reunion telling her to get the divorce now because it seems like everybody but Teresa thinks joe is going to go after her for spousal support yeah and it doesn't surprise me in fact melissa doesn't melissa was the only one that doesn't she's like she doesn't think that joe would do that but it, it but it it doesn't surprise me that teresa doesn't think that because yeah. i still think she's like when you've been drinking that kool-aid for so right. long i think it's hard to just get that out of your system but anybody who thinks that joe judice is not going to screw her over is on another fucking planet Absolutely. And I feel like Dolores made a really good point. She was like, okay, say he won't now, but do you think if there are pictures of you out with another guy, happy, doing all this stuff that it's not going to piss him off and he's not going to support, ask for support just because he's angry? Because that's the Joe we all know. And I think yeah. Dolores nailed that on the head. Like, yeah, maybe he's, he wouldn't right now. But don't you want to get this divorce done before anything happens to piss him off? I mean, it was kind of revealed that Joe's whole family blames Teresa in the show for all of their legal problems. Um, Joe's brother, so Teresa's brother-in-law told Gia about like... The cheating rumors. Yeah, the cheating rumors about her mom and just like all sorts of gross stuff happening from the... from. I think there's probably a lot of... Yeah, I think there's probably a lot of ugly stuff happening. Um, and I I did find that really interesting. I mean, it, you know, Joey, Joe blames the show 
for everything for ruining his life. So Melissa right. was like, it's really interesting that Joe still blames the show and Teresa for ruining his life. I mean, yeah. this is a man who we have seen time and time again refuse to take any responsibility for his actions. So it's uh, no surprise that right now what's happened to him is because of the show or Teresa. And, and he would never have been caught if it wasn't yeah. for the show. Yeah. And of course, the feud and maybe with he and w- Caroline... I mean- to play devil's advocate, maybe he wouldn't have because he wouldn't yeah. have been in the public eye, but he still did the wrong thing. You know, yeah. like it doesn't matter. And it wasn't like he, he didn't know he was in the public eye. Like, right. <laughs> you know, if you're going to do something criminal, probably make sure you're not in a TV show while you're doing it, you know? And that was the whole thing with Caroline. Yeah. Teresa did, obviously they fell out because initially Teresa accused Caroline of calling the feds. And she backtracked a little in this and said, well, I don't think she called the feds, but I think that she alerted you know, the way that she talked about it alerted certain people right. to what was going on. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah. But the fact is, whether he was going to get caught or not, he still did something really fucking illegal and he's still responsible for the way this all played out. Absolutely. And I think Teresa makes a really good point. Like, ultimately, it's not hurting her and Joe. Like, it, it affects their kids more than anything. And I think Joe needs to take responsibility for that, if nothing else, just for his kids. Like, you know what? I did wrong, and I am the reason that me and your mom were taken away from you, and I should not have done that. And I think that would lead a lot of closure. I mean, it'll never happen, but I think it could give a lot of closure to the situation. I think something else that will give a lot of closure to this situation is if Teresa gets her pipes cleaned by a nice Jewish boy. Absolutely. Teresa needs some Jewish D. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Teresa Cohen. I just love that the whole way through. <laughs> um, and you know what? I hope she really does because there's a lot of flaws. Teresa has a lot of flaws, but I think she's really grown more than any other yeah. housewife that I can imagine. And I, I really hope that she does find somebody that loves her properly because Joe never yeah, did. And this bullshit no. about how he was always really nice to her when the cameras oh, went there. I mean, nobody bullshit. believes that bullshit. No, no. I mean, even, you know, Joey and... M- Melissa are like, no, that's not true. And I mean, I think Joey tries to handle it really diplomatically. Like, look, I know a lot of stuff. I'm not going to say it because I love my nieces and I don't ever want them to hear any of this. And Melissa's just like, no, he, he talked to her the exact same way. It didn't matter. Like, yes, he hated the show, but he was never like the affectionate, attentive, like gushy, lovey husband, like Joey is to Melissa. You know, he's all over her all the time. <laughs> we all needed. I mean, he's over her too much, yeah. way too much. Like, <laughs> who the fuck stifling. with three kids has sex three to six times a week? I, 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 I don't mean, even know. I mean, again, their would, kids are a lot older, so maybe there's some sleeping in happening and they're a lot more independent. Now, maybe I could understand that, but... I mean, even if I had the time and the energy, if I was having sex three to six times a week, I basically have consistent cystitis. Yeah, that's a bummer. I mean, it's it's just a lot. (laughs) Well, maybe they're like people who differentiate. So maybe it's like oral sex some nights and it's full on sex the other night. And, you know. Oh, it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of effort. Um, But we did obviously get the boys did come in and we've loved the boys throughout this season. Oh my gosh, they're brilliant. You know, I love the dynamic of the men and women together. Like I thought the Jersey trip was brilliant because you got to see them all play off each other. And I liked that part of the reunion as well. They were all just having a good time with each other up there. And I thought that was brilliant. Well, I think the boys just just reduce the tension a bit, right? They're like, they're just buffers and they just kind of, 
let it all bounce off yeah. them. So the girls follow their lead when it gets to that point. Um, but I think standout conversations obviously were um, Evan and the no blow job combo and going yes. back into work the next day. Oh my gosh, how cringy is like... Wouldn't you feel bad if you were one of his coworkers and he's just been outed as never getting blowjobs from his wife on that on, on worldwide Man. TV? I know, but like, it, like we were talking about this. It's there's it's weird how many of them don't like oral sex. The girls, the women, yeah. the women. Like I, I was shocked because I think it's only two that enjoy. It was a Margaret good oral and Melissa. Sesh. Yeah. Nobody yeah, else did. I mean, I do know that there are like, there's certain elements of oral sex. Like I've spoken to a, girl, to a girlfriend who also doesn't like it. And she's like, it just for me feels uncomfortable. She's like, I just would oh. rather not, like there's other things I'd rather do. I'm not like, me, babe. Not me. I mean, not, not me much either, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, it's, how bad can it be? I don't know. I mean, I, I've had some bad bad experiences oh yeah i mean but they're not been bad... like people that i've stayed with no no what i mean is like if you're lying down and somebody's willing to do like yeah do that like how hard can it be just enjoy it right that i would assume so unless the people that they're with are just bad at it maybe but i didn't that, get that impression happened. i didn't get the impression that it was like that they were like i just yeah. in general don't like it Huh. Oh, you are you talking about the show or your friend? The show. Okay, no, 100%. I agree with you. Like, the show, yeah, they just seem like, no, it's not for me. And I was just like, really? It, it, it was shocking to me. It was shocking that the, the divide was so low. I would have expected it to go the other way, that, like, me six too. were really into it and one didn't like it or something like that. Me too. And Margaret says that she prefers sex in the morning because after dinner she's just a bit full, doesn't want to be squeezed. You know what? I hear you, babe. That actually makes sense to me. But see, my morning is at 4 a.m. in the morning and I get up and go to the gym and there's no time for like sex at 4 a.m. No. no, I mean, in principle, yes. I've always had more energy in the morning than yeah. I do at night. By the time I get into bed, I'm like, literally, you're four I'm hours done. too late. And I've been touched out. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't like the morning breath thing. And yeah. the, so I'm like, I'll do it, but you have to go brush go your brush teeth. Go brush your teeth. I think that's a small price to pay. True. Um... Yes. And then, so that was the boys. That was great. Nice yes. to see them back. And then we went into the whole Jackie Jennifer feud that lasted the whole season, starting with the video that right. Jennifer made, kind of mimicking uh, Jackie, ending with kind of obviously lunch in the Hamptons gate, chucking it. Right. Kids' party stuff. I do not understand how Jen does not understand why Jackie is more mad at Jen than Teresa. Like Jackie and Teresa were not friends at that point. It like it didn't even matter. But it was no. the fact that like they were friends. I don't understand how Jen doesn't get it. She spells it out really. Jackie spells yeah. it out really clearly as well. And and Andy reinforces it and Jen still doesn't take it on board. Um and I don't think any of the apologies that she gave this season no. felt genuine. They all came kind of via a stop off at Teresa with some kind of snide comment. Yeah. And I just feel, and then the sorry, not sorry t-shirt. Um, the whole season, Jennifer just dodged all responsibility and really did a lot of nasty things. And Yeah, I, she did and was never really that sorry that she did them anyways. 
No. And I think that's what bothers me the most. Like she did not put any effort into growing any other, like any relationships this season. She was great with her mom, but not with any of the other girls. She did not put any effort into getting to know them or supporting them or trying to have a real relationship. And interestingly, in the end, when Andy sort of says, is there any hope for you? And and Jennifer and Jackie says, no, there isn't. Like, I am not into yeah. having toxic people in my life. And I think Jennifer, I think Jackie really means that. She did get to a point. She really stuck it out for a long time. But then, yeah. fool me once, fool me twice, and that was it. She was, she's out. And I can respect that. I mean, I do suspect that if Jennifer showed real change and really apologized, I'm sure Jackie oh, would, totally. would forgive because that's the person that she is. But if things were to stay as they are with Jen, then absolutely not. I do I don't blame her for not wanting to fix it. I wouldn't. No, She's a cow I wouldn't bag. either. Like why put so much effort into one person who you get nothing like significant from? Yeah. It's exhausting. You can't do that. Like that's not how real friendships are built. It's way too much effort, especially when you have a bajillion kids. Like no. There's no, not enough I time. I agree. Um and then last but not least. Oh god. Danielle. <laughs> this woman. Like I mean, she's she's throughout every episode of the reunion because she like shows up during like the first episode with her little fucking dog and the dog stroller <laughs> and Marty, and then like during the second episode, she's getting ready and starts making demands to sit next to Andy. Like I literally wrote, who the fuck does she think she is? Like you've not been a major character on this show for so fucking long, like eight years. Like what are you talking about? And I thought it was really interesting. And I, when I first saw, saw this whole ultimatum that she's saying, you know, if I don't sit next to Andy, then I'm not coming out. I was like... Bye, bitch. I, like, I don't that, need to see anything you have to say anymore. Wasn't even that. But I was like, as if there's a chance in hell she's not walking out there. Like right. Andy could tell us she's sitting in the fucking audience and she'd still come in and do it because Absolutely. it's her moment. And she's a narcissist and she's never going to miss any kind of screen time. So there was no way... That yeah. she was going to sit there. And Andy walks in. He's like, well, you're not going to sit next to me. And she was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And you I know. thought he was very clear and articulate about, like, why not? And he's not going to boot, like, a main person from the show to let you sit next to him. Like, what dreamland are you at? And he's absolutely right. If he had sat either next, if she had sat next to Teresa or Margaret, there would have been a fight. He's not yeah, going to do that. So, whatever. Um. She, I mean, she obviously came in wanting to right some wrongs. We find out that she's still living with Marty. Of course she is. She wants the house. She doesn't want to right. piss him off. Um, they're really good friends, despite, obviously, she accusing him, accused him of being abusive to her and her daughters. But she wouldn't speak about it, even though she's the one that put it out there. Like, I, yeah, she, she admitted she said it, but didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, she's just a, a not a ball of shit. She's a bag of shit. Like... I, she I, is. I have no respect for her. Also, you know who else I've lost respect for is fucking Marty. Oh, me too. Marty played just... Danielle and Marge and Joe. Like, he just played them all off each other. He was definitely one different way to Marge and her husband than he was to Danielle. And then he's talking all this shit. He's gross. Oh, he's just, he's all about 
just thinking with his dick and any yeah. like few crumbs of attention that Danielle will show him, he will do anything for, and it's frankly pathetic. Um, I can't even believe that they're both saying that Marge was the reason they got divorced, and they point to the comments that she said, and Marge was like, you were already divorced when I said that. And then Danielle's like, who are you to tell me when I got divorced? It's like, I don't understand this argument. But also, nobody is responsible for the breakdown of a relationship except the people in that relationship. Absolutely right. nobody. No. Like, it is entirely your responsibility. Yes, one of them may go off and cheat. That is that person's responsibility. It's not even the person who they're cheating with. It's not... No! The, how the, what happens in that relationship before or after the cheating is not the person they cheated with responsibility. It's the two people in that relationship. So even if Margaret had gone out of her way to break them up while they were still together, which she didn't. But if she had, yeah. it's still not her responsibility that no. they divorced. Like, it, Danielle is psychopathic yeah. at this point. Like, she, she's she's a fucking box of frogs off she's the lost, reservation. She's lost in the crazy. story that she has told herself. Like, she is so far deep into that fake story in her brain. Like, she can't even fathom it being a different way. Because I think Andy even pointed out, like, when Marge made those comments, Danielle was engaged to that Oliver dude. Yeah. Like, don't you think that may have stopped you from getting back together with Marty? That you were engaged to somebody else? Like, but it what doesn't the suit the narrative that she's telling herself. Yeah. So she just dismisses it all. You know, and there's so much hypocrisy going on. When Jacqueline's teenage daughter pulled Danielle's hair, she took her to court, she had her arrested. Yeah. You know, but it's it's different this time. Um, well, it's because it's, I feel like Danielle always has somebody else to blame for her actions. Like, she's not to blame for how she acts. It's the other person's fault for provoking her to act that way. And it's just a load of bollocks. It absolutely is. Um, and then we did see a little bit of what we think is kind of a white lie from Teresa. About um, whether I think she... it's a massive white lie. Go ahead. <laughs> it's a big, fat, dirty lie. <laughs> She's, she sat there very piously and very sweetly and said, well, of course I didn't see it. And I was horrified when I saw it. And if, if I'd have seen it at the time, I absolutely would have reacted very differently. Um, and then production just uh, quietly slipped in some footage that very clearly saw Teresa looking exactly at what was happening. Yeah. Um, it is what it is, but... It is you know, what it is. Teresa- Go ahead. Go on. I don't think... Teresa thought the hair pull would be as dramatic as it was. Like, cause I think she's like, Oh, she told me to pull her hair. Like, Oh yeah. Like go and like pull, like do a normal yeah. little tug of her hair, not like rip her and drag her across the room. I do think Teresa was genuinely shocked yeah. that that's what she saw. And then was like, Oh fuck. Like I'm in a load of shit. I do honestly believe Teresa's apology to Marge though, because I think Marge made really good points. Like she never did anything wrong to Teresa ever. No. She has always been in her corner. She's always had her back. And it's shitty that Teresa did that. And I think Teresa owned up to it fairly well, other than lying about what she would have done. But, um, you know, I don't know. I, I think the interest really like how in the apology, she turns around and blames it solely on Danielle though. Like I told my girls, like, this is what happens when you hang out with bad friends. And it's like, Oh, yeah, I mean, there's always a little on. bit of the old Teresa coming in, yeah, like yeah. the sly digs here and right. there. But I think as well, what happened is Danielle and Teresa have this, and you see it a lot on the housewives. It's, it's, it's in all of the franchises, 
this belief that loyalty has to be blind. That, you know, if you're loyal to me, you never question me. You never rat me out. You never do this. And actually, loyalty is the opposite. Loyalty is those people that come to you and say, you're fucked up. Like, I love you. I've got your back, but you're fucked up. Make Um, it right. And I think... And I think that's, you know, eventually, if you're in this blindly loyal situation, then there's always room for somebody to betray you. And I think eventually that's what Teresa felt Danielle did. Actually, I think it was a toxic relationship from the start and it was always going to end badly. Um, But I'm glad that that happened. I'm glad Teresa got out of it. And I'm glad that she's now on the right side of the fence, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm glad Danielle's not there anymore. I really don't want to waste any more time. Seeing Babe, her, I talking just, about just, her. Honestly, I really ever hope since, that she's gone. Ever since I saw her sex tape, every time I look at her, all I can think about are her bad boob jobs, like and the fact that her vagina has teeth. Yeah, didn't like, they say that? It's Ugh. yeah, it's all just. You, it's some things you just can't unsee. So, <sighs> anyways, I hope we don't have to see her anymore. So I'm no longer reminded of that horrific decision I made on Pornhub.com. <laughs> yeah, bye, Danielle. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split no. you. No. Um, and then they finish off with, of course, the Real Housewives of New Jersey time capsule to mark 10 whole years uh, with the view to open this, opening this <laughs> in another 10 years. Yeah, hope you guys are on board for another 10 years of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> we can see if these, uh, these items held up. <laughs> can you imagine if in 10 years we're like, how we're like about to turn 50, talking oh, about wow. how they've just dug up the Real Housewives of New Jersey 20-year time capsule. Weirdly enough, I kind of hope so. Like, there's something kind of fun about that. Plus, our kids will be way older and, you know, Well, hopefully they'll have fucking moved out by then when they've gone. Well, I mean, in 10 years, my oldest will only be 17, so. And Mm. he's the oldest out of all four. So, no, they won't be out in 10 years. 12 years they will be. At least mine will. Anyways. Yeah, mine will too. Moving on. So, yeah, in the time capsule, we see um, Dolores bring the romance novel with, like, her and Frank's head on it. Like, the sex or the ex without the sex was the title of the book, which I thought was brilliant. Great. Uh, Jen brought the sorry, not sorry shirt. Eh. Wank. Marge brought her pigtails, which I thought were that was a, a good one. Super cute. I yeah. thought that was cool. Jackie put in the donuts. I think that was a really, I mean, I get the point. Yeah, um, but I don't think those donuts are gonna are gonna last very well. I think you could put like a capsule. box of Twinkies in there, and they would probably survive because Twinkies are like those things that never decompose. Like that's what I would have done. Like if you wanted yeah. to make like a food comment, like bring some Twinkies for everybody and throw some Twinkies in the thing. But I don't want to see those donuts in ten years. No, I don't think they'd be there. Um, Melissa put the jerseyisms in. Used I thought two. that was super cute. That was good. Um, what else? Oh, and Teresa put the family photo in, which made me t- kind of teary. Yeah, no, it totally did, especially after all the chat about how her mom's death was really kind of the moment things changed between her and Joe. Um, yeah, it was such a it was a really touching moment, and I think I don't know, it was a really good choice for her to put in, and 
I'm glad the show like enabled her to have a family photo with her mom and all that kind of stuff. So I anyways. agree. And that is season 10 of Real Housewives of New Jersey, done and dusted. Done and dusted. So hope you guys enjoyed it. Please remember to take a moment to rate the podcast. Drop us some five stars. Give us a review. We need those to spread the word of the podcast community because that's the way Apple puts us into you know their extra special algorithm and recommends us to people. So make sure you're dropping those five stars. And remember that smart people watch reality TV too. We will see you um, on the flip side. So have a good one, guys, and see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. The music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims.